So in this episode, which I believe is episode 72, I'd like to talk about a few good ways to overload your training or progress with your training over time. And I'll outline five viable progression methods that you can use to to progress with your training. And I'll try to outline the pros and cons of each. And I'm doing this uh, with the caveat that this is for standard kind of traditional training and training progression. So I won't be talking about things such as special metabolite type training techniques such as myo reps or blood flow restriction training, drop sets and things of that nature. And I'd also like to add that I'm meaning all of this for the purposes of hypertrophy. So no strength or whatever, weightlifting or, you know, you know, special sport purpose training, that sort of thing. Um, I'm mainly recording this because as of lately, I had to play around with different ways to progress to keep making progress in the first place, but also to manage injuries or to prevent them from happening. So it might be interesting to some of you, and maybe at the end you can comment on what has worked well for you. Um, So let's dive in. We'll start with kind of simpler progression methods to, I guess, more complex ones, but not necessarily complex, just a little bit more perhaps unconventional. So First, I guess a very foolproof way to overload your training over time is to simply add weight to the bar every single session once you hit your rep target in at least one of your sets for a given exercise. I guess typically the first one where you are the strongest. So how this could look like in practice is, let's say on squats, your rep target is six, and as soon as you had hit six reps on your first set, you up the weight for the next session. And when you do this, you are only typically caring about your first set and you let your reps to auto drop for subsequent sets with the caveat that you'll be taking those to the same proximity to failure. So you have some rules for that in place. So it could be one rep shy of failure. It could be two reps shy of failure. And you take each set within that same proximity to failure. So it's not like you finish with your first set and then you just don't give a fuck about subsequent sets. You're still pushing yourself equally hard on those sets as well, but you're not using your performance per se as a benchmark to guide your approach in subsequent sessions. So on the squat, if your rep target is six and you want to do three sets, then it could be six, five, four, or it could be six, three, three, six, five, five. In either case, if you manage to hit six on your first set, you just progress in weight. And this has a multitude of benefits. For one, it's a very unambiguous way to progress with your training over time. So technically, it's as foolproof as it gets. Did you hit six or eight or whatever your rep target was on the first set or not? If you did, you up the weight. If not, you try again next session with the same weight. The other benefit of this method is that by letting your reps to auto-drop, you're basically auto-regulating your workout volume based on your fatigue levels. So if you're well recovered, slept, and ate like a tank, you go in there, your sets might look like 6-6-6 with a given weight. Or if you were so strong that in the first set, 6 was actually too little for that weight, you might even bang out an additional rep in your next set. So it could go 6-7-6, let's say. But if you were more poorly recovered, your reps might go 6-3-3. And if you think about it, 
that was a pretty massive reduction in volume in an auto-regulated fashion. I mean, 666 as opposed to 633, if you're lifting, say, 100 kilos, is a 600 kilo difference over the course of those two sets. Um, it can also be nice not to worry about your performance in subsequent sets and to take your mind off of trying to hit a certain number of reps at all costs and to just focus on form and effort instead. So definitely a lot of benefits to talk about here, but it does come with some downsides that are worth mentioning. Um, for one, for some people, it can be just too aggressive of a way to progress in intensity. You know, some people are simply more adaptable for strength increases than others, for lack of a better term. And those same people sometimes have pretty poor work capacity in the sense that their performance over the course of sets drops quickly. Uh, some of this might be down to their ability to get warmed up efficiently. Some of it might be due to, to their nervous system getting activated to a sufficient degree fast enough. But also, for people who are just prone to injury, you know, just have weak connective tissues and tend to get burnt out or rather hurt quickly on high intensities, it might simply be not the ideal method to progress in weight as quickly as they can. Uh, for example, I can gain strength pretty fast on a few movements such as chin-ups or lying tricep extensions. I can basically add weight every week. And then what always stops me from progressing even further is elbow pain. <laughs> so even though performance-wise, it's seemingly a fine progression method for me, real life still says no because it gets me hurt. So maybe someone like me would be better served by increasing reps, for example, and we'll talk about those progression methods in a second. Um, another potential downside, which I think it's easy to fall for, is to get super fixated on hitting PRs. And this can go to the expense of maintaining proper form, using more and more body English, and especially a movement where it's easy to cheat the system a little by using a bit of momentum or twisting yourself a little bit to get other muscles to take over. It's easy to kind of fool yourself into thinking that you're making progress, whereas your form is just getting incrementally worse. Uh, now, there are ways to get around this. Probably the most notable one is simply lowering your RPE. Uh, that you're going for, or to increase the reps in reserve you're shooting for. So instead of going one rep shy of failure, just go for two reps shy of failure, for example, or set some very strict rule about when you're aborting every set. So instead of taking each set till the last grinder rep that you manage to hit, just stop each set when you're at the last rep that you manage to hit with absolute pristine form with zero degradation in your form or even a significant slowing down in bar speed. Now, if this is challenging for you to carry out and you still tend to get carried away with increasing the weight super fast, the other method to get around it would be to slow your progression down by other means or to phrase it a bit more positively, to put some other benchmarks that you need to hit before you progress in weight. So one way to do this would be to only allow yourself weight progression once you hit your rep target in all sets. So if you do three sets and your rep target is eight, you only progress once you hit eight in all three sets. This way, by the time you increase weight, you're almost certainly going to have pristine form uh, on at least the first two sets because you'll be fresh enough to on those so that there will be no reason to experience breakdown in your form. Now, 
this progression method has the potential risk of making you fall to the other extreme where you could be stuck on a certain weight endlessly before you'd progress. So you could get to the point, if your work capacity is not amazing, where the first set is not that challenging anymore, you have like more than three reps in reserve on that one. The second one is a bit more challenging and only the third one is really challenging you. And if your work capacity is not that good, then you could still be stuck on that weight even though out of three sets, the first one is almost like a warm-up set. So after some time, you're sacrificing on quality volume that you could be getting in. So an in-between kind of method here could be that you allow yourself self to progress in weight once you manage to get your reps in between a certain rep range in all sets. So let's say your rep range is 8 to 12, which means that if you hit at least 8 reps in all of those sets all the way up to 12, then you're allowing yourself to up the weight. So it could be for three sets, let's say 12, 12, 12, or it could be 12, 10, 9, or 8, 8, 8, all of those would qualify for further progression in weight. And if, let's say, on a new weight, your initial performance for three sets is 10, 8, 7, then you stay on that weight for the next session. Maybe there you'll go to 11, 8, 7. Okay, you're still staying there, even though you clearly progressed. That's kind of frustrating. And on the third one, you'll go 11, 8, 8, or even 12, 8, 8. Like, great, that's awesome progress. This way, you're getting the benefit of a less aggressive progression method, and you're also getting the benefit of still pushing yourself hard at each of those sets and getting relatively close to failure. An alternative method to this, which is what I've been experimenting with lately, is setting up a total rep target for the amount of sets that you're going to perform. So for example, for three sets, you set a certain amount of reps that you think you should be that you think should be reasonable to achieve over the course of those three sets. So say if it's some heavy compound lift, it could be 20 reps, or if it's some isolation exercise for higher reps, it could be 30 reps. And then those 20 reps, say, could be distributed in whatever fashion. It could be 8, 6, 6, or it could be 10, 6, 4. Either way is fine. The number of reps you determine is somewhat arbitrary, but basically the way you do it is by thinking about the rep target that you think would be reasonable to expect on the set on which you'll be the strongest, so typically the first one. So in the case of bench presses, for example, it could be eight. Maybe on a good day, you could manage to hit nine. Maybe if you up the weight, you could only manage seven. But eight is a general rep target to which you think you could shoot for on a given weight. And then from there, you think about how much your reps would drop over the course of the next, say, two sets on an average day. So it could go from eight to six to five. Maybe on an odd day where you're really frisky, it could be as much as eight, eight, seven. But generally, your reps tend to drop a bit over the course of subsequent sets. But if it dropped as much as eight, four, three, that that would be a bad day. So that would be kind of an outlier. So based on this rapid drop that you determined, in the case of, say, 8, 6, 5, that is 16 reps in total. So you set yourself a total rep goal of 16 reps. And once you hit that, you're upping the weight. On other movements, with the same type of thinking process, it could be higher. So on lateral raises, for example, you could determine that a reasonable performance could be, say, 15, 12, 9, that is 36 reps. 
So you progress once you hit 36 reps over the course of three sets. And from there, it could be 12, 12, 12. It could be 14, 13, 9. Either way is fine. Now, of course, you could run into some tricky situations. So let's say on a particular day where you feel really energetic, you almost manage to hit your total reps in two sets, whereas you were planning for three sets. In that case, you could just do the remaining reps in the third set and thereby make that very easy. Or you could still push yourself hard on your third set and do as many reps as you can and make a note that this day was an exception. And from the next session onwards, you're returning to your old rep target with increased weight. Other progression methods would be to simply set yourself a total rep target with a given weight and allow yourself to hit that amount of reps with however many sets are required. So it could be, say, 20 reps with 80 kilos. You manage to get that within four sets. And on the next session, your goal will simply be to hit 20 reps with 82.5 kilos. But you're not stressing over how many sets it will require. It could be four sets, but it could even be five or even six. The benefit of this could be that you're completely eliminating the compulsion to push for PRs at all costs and thereby allow for degradation in your form. And uh, if on a given set you see that you will have to stop your reps at some point because your form would start to break down because you're really approaching failure, you don't need to stress because you know that you'll get in a given amount of reps no matter what. Now, the downside or the potential downside of this is obvious, and that is that you could just go crazy with volume. Because the good thing about basically all of the previous methods I mentioned is that they have some way of auto-regulating the total amount of work that you're doing based on your current capacities to perform. So if you're pushing for PRs in your first set, but you let your reps to auto-drop in subsequent sets to use the first progression method we touched on as an example, that's a great way to auto-regulate volume over time. Plus, the pace at which you increase the weight is also capped because if you don't hit your PR in the first set, you're not allowed to increase weight. And on top of that, of course, you have a certain amount of cap on your sets, which is the case with all of the other progression methods I mentioned too. Um, if you just have a total rep number you need to hit, then you have no real way to auto-regulate your volume because you're going to get that in no matter what. And you also have no way to auto-regulate your increases in weight because you can just increase weight no matter what. So both the weight and thereby the tonnage could just go up linearly every week without any systematic auto-regulation. And that, of course, can, can quickly be problematic. Not to mention that if you are starting off with a weight and rep target that would not have made it possible to get them in within a reasonable number of sets, then you could quickly get to the point where you're spending two plus hours in the gym because you need to get in like 10 sets to get in your reps. Now, you could, of course, get around this by just simply starting off from a more reasonable point in the first place. So say if you know that you can generally do three sets of 10 with 80 kilos, then you can just simply set yourself the goal of hitting three sets of 10 worth of reps, so 30 reps with 82.5 kilos on the next week. And that way you're not likely to all of a sudden need double the sets to get in that amount of reps. You could also just set a cap on the amount of sets that you can do to complete that amount of reps, which then brings us to another progression method which is relatively commonly used, which is to just have a range of set numbers that you can do and to try to reduce the amount of sets that you need to get in a certain number of reps. So 
For example, with the above example, if you need three sets to get in 30 reps with 80 kilos, and then the next week you need four sets to get in 30 reps with 82.5 kilos, then first you could just work on getting those 30 reps in within three sets as opposed to four, and then move on to the next weight. Now, this, of course, once again, takes away the only real benefit of this unconstrained set number kind of progression, which is that you don't feel compelled to push for PRs at all costs. So maybe an in-between approach you could do is to count total tonnage instead of total reps. So instead of saying that you need to get in 30 reps with, say, 82.5 kilos, you simply need to get in the amount of tonnage you did on the previous week for 80 kilos now with 82.5. Now, in the case of a compound lift on which you can progress by small amounts, that's not a very big help. So in the previous example, if on one week you did 30 reps with 80 kilos, that's 2,400 kilos in total, that's your tonnage. And that with 82.5 kilos would be 29 reps. Like that's barely a difference. However, with isolation movements, which are harder to microload and you do them for higher reps, it could be a bigger help. So say you do cable lateral raises and the jumps on the stack are by 2.5 kilos. Then if you do five kilos for 40 reps in total and the next increment is 7.5 kilos, then simply shooting for the previous week's total tonnage will mean a generous reduction in total reps that you need to achieve. So five times 40 is equal to 200. 200 kilos with 7.5 kilos would only mean 26 reps. And probably you'll actually only need about the same number of sets to get in that amount of reps as you did to get 40 reps with 5 kilos. So maybe with 5 kilos, your performance went 15, 13, 12, and then the next week for 7.5 kilos, it will go 12, 6, 8. Less reps, same total tonnage. And then maybe you can set yourself a goal to work those total reps up by a few. So maybe you'll try going from 26 up to 30. That will take two or three sessions, and then you move up to the next weight increment with the kind of same progression style. So in this case, it could both prevent you from going crazy with total volume tonnage because you're automatically capping that, and it generally also prevents you from doing a bajillion sets to get in your volume. And guys, those would actually be the progression methods that I wanted to cover here. Not because there are not a ton of other methods, but I would just feel a tiny bit shy of commenting on those just yet because I want to investigate those further. Potentially, I want to make some interviews on those with Brad Contreras, for example. My One of my plans were to talk about these in detail with him. Uh, but, you know, other progression methods such as reducing the rest periods in between sets. You know, I'm getting a little bit more skeptical. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the idea that reducing rest periods in between sets generally promotes endurance-type adaptations. I'm not exactly sure how big of a problem this is in terms of building muscle, I can definitely see how it is problematic in terms of increasing strength. Um, I mean, but you know, if you just think about the fact that you could do three sets of six with 100 kilos on the bench if you rested four minutes between each set, but there is no way you could get three sets of six if you rested only one minute, but you could probably easily do three sets of six with 80 kilos with only one minute of rest. 
And what's the reason behind that? Well, one of the big reasons is, is because you're strong enough for that. So the amount of rest you need between sets is somewhat of an indication of you being strong for that weight. You know, but just because you can reverse engineer it with this logic, I'm not sure it works the other way around too. Because generally, reducing the rest periods between sets is reliably accomplishing a reduction in performance. So you might be able to set up a, a progression method in which you do three sets of six with 80 kilos and you need initially two minutes of rest in between sets and you're reducing your rest period by say 30 seconds between sets the next week. You still manage to get three sets of six, then 30 seconds the next week. Now your reps might drop to six, six, five. The week after that, you managed to get 666, so congratulations. You managed to hit three sets of six with only one minute of rest instead of two minutes of rest. Now you're allowing yourself to up the weight to 82.5 kilos. And now you're starting with two minutes of rest again and you're repeating the process. It could be a viable method of progression. Uh, it has the benefit of ensuring increased difficulty without going, once again, crazy with weight increases too fast although reducing rest periods have their own set of problems in terms of safety because you're kind of risking doing your subsequent sets in a needlessly fatigued state. Uh, but I think the main problem here is that you could just needlessly limiting your performance chronically. Same thing with trying to progress by slowing down reps. Uh, these are all things I want to talk about with Brett, really, if I manage to get him back for a future episode. Um, right now, because I'm hesitant uh, about these methods, I would be also hesitant to recommend them. As far as doing downsets to get in your volume, for example, so dropping the weight in subsequent sets to be able to get in your volume, I think that's a viable method if you don't go crazy with dropping the weight so much that you get into the kind of junk volume territory where you're only grinding out sets of eight with a weight that you could otherwise do with like sets of 20. Uh, but I also saw some papers being cited which show that varying loads for the same exercise doesn't lead to increased strength or hypertrophy besides the fact, despite the fact that you're increasing the volume load by being able to do more reps. I'll link to those papers in the description. I think that if you are doing downsets in a systematic and conservative fashion, such as in the case of reverse pyramid training, for example, it can be viable, especially if you're general set volume is lower to begin with and you can benefit from kind of sneaking in some extra volume by doing this but you know all of these will be probably covered in a future episode uh the upper five or six depending on how you're counting them were the progression methods that i wanted to talk about in this episode um and you know i guess when i look through these progression methods the Two things that emerge to me as kind of reoccurring patterns, which is not surprising to anyone, but it's worth mentioning regardless, is that you can't really get around the concept of pushing yourself hard in your sets, approaching failure, and at least to some degree aiming to beat your previous performances. Um, and it's also unavoidable, it seems, to have some method on auto-regulating or capping the amount of volume you can do per unit of time. Um, and as of now, my favorite progression method for myself as someone who has a generally poor work capacity and also tend to warm up pretty slowly is uh, aiming to hit a certain number of reps in a certain number of sets. So for example, I aim to hit 18 reps in three sets of squats. I aim to hit 30 reps in three sets of space balls. I've experimented with 
I've experimented with a lot of things before, but I also know some guys who make great progress by increasing weight from session to session. So I wouldn't necessarily say that one is better than the other here. I think it's important to customize it to the individual to end with this amazingly generic but amazingly true statement. So my question to you today is, how do you like to progress with your training and what have you tried in the past that didn't work out for you so well? Hey guys, I just want to tell you again that your inputs for this podcast will help it grow more than anything and your requests, ideas and comments will contribute to awesome content going live on this channel and podcast more than anything. So if you want to contribute, the best thing you can do is to go on Facebook and look up sustainable self-development. You'll find both the page and the Facebook group that is dedicated to discussions and ideas being thrown around. Go there and note down your comments about what kinds of topics or guests you want to be featured on this podcast and YouTube channel in the future. Just keep in mind the general theme of this podcast and my YouTube channel, which is to help people becoming their best selves in terms of lifestyle as it pertains to fitness and general personal development. This podcast is really dedicated to self-improvement, both physically and mentally. So keep that in mind. So thanks again for tuning in and see you next time.